0: It ain't
1: the left side or the right side, and it must be the Fin side. It's, it ain't the left
0: side. Good morning, right Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, and, as well as the Fansided Network and FinFanatic.com. We are five days away from the NFL draft, continuing our positional breakdowns here with the safety position one that should be a little bit higher on the needs chart, not one of the Dolphins, maybe even top five needs, but should be a little bit higher than some of the positions we've been talking about, but be sure to check out our other positional grades as well. And all of our, our outlets, as well as definitely YouTube. Um, so Paul, first, before we get into it here, I'm going to ask you, I mean, five days before the draft, is it laundry day? No Dolphins gear?
1: Yeah, you know, I I figured I uh, left my hat out in the car and didn't want to slow us down this morning. So you know, and, it, and, it's...
0: You, and you're still here. Making it here is is seventy percent of the battle. And so. King
1: Z three hundred five, I love you. You popped in talking about Richie Grant. So I, I'm excited that we're, we finally hit the Richie Grant show. Woo! Uh,
0: we're gonna have some fun with Richie Grant.
1: Hey Dolphins fans, this podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. We start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last 8 years, we have been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. We are offering up to fifteen percent off when you use code minute fifteen at EarthEchoFoods.com slash minute media. Follow on social media at the Danette May and at Earth Echo Foods. And hopefully we are for years and years to come.
0: Um I may have some differing opinions on him
1: based well, on what I've seen. I have the mute button, so we're good.
0: No. <laughs> we'll see. I, I, am the only one who has the ability actually to kick Paul out of here. So hey, we can, I can, I can take that part there. <laughs> no. Um, but looking at the dolphins roster right now, Paul, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of similar to the cornerback spot uh, except the difference here is, I mean, it, it's, it's similar to the cornerback spot in that you've got two players who are very good at their position. Obviously Xavier Howard Byron Jones are great. They're, they're a step above where McCain and Roe are as a safety tandem. But uh, two players that are really good players. Uh, but they also, also next year, in 2022, it might be a different story. It's not a huge need right now, but the Dolphins could use some de- depth at safety. But in 2022, they may be looking at, for starters, because McCain is going to be 29 next year in 2022, and Eric Rowe is going to be 30. So in, before the 2022 season, you could save 7 million by cutting McCain. You could save 5 million by cutting Eric Rowe. Uh, I'm not willing to do that here in 2021, but it, it is kind of a need for the Dolphins, both in terms of depth and, and future starters.
1: Yeah, and, and and I'm gonna make no secret about this. I'm more willing to cut Eric Rowe than I am Bobby McCain after the year. Um, it, it's Bobby is a leader on this defense. He can play multiple positions and do multiple things for you. So even if you don't have him at that free safety anymore and you downgrade him to just a nickel corner after the season, uh, he still has a tremendous amount of value for this team, and people undervalue the nickel corner uh, tremendously right now. So, you know, yes, I do want to go with a safety in this draft. I, I'm, I've i gotten to that weird point, even though I'm a front seven guy, where, God, what is it, Cat? I fall in, I fall in love with a safety every year, don't I?
0: You do, you do a safety and a tight end.
1: Yes, yes, and some fat guys. We got, we can't leave the fat guys out of it.
0: No, definitely not.
1: You give me a fat so, tight end that can play safety. I'm just, I'm, I'm done. Like I just. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: you, I mean, one of the stories of this year too at safety for the Dolphins is going to be how many snaps is Brandon Jones going to take away from Eric Rowe, if any, because. Mm-hmm you know, Roe was, was that strong safety covering tight ends last year. He did great at it, except when he played Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey, which, you know, a lot of people seem to have that problem. Um, But he's still a very, very solid player. And the thing about McCain and Roe is they were both former cornerbacks. So even if they're not, they don't have as many snaps as they did before, they still have value to move around the secondary. So that that's going to be factored into when, whenever the dolphins decide or don't decide uh, to cut one of these two players. But right now we've got a solid safety tandem, a very good third safety, but that fourth safety spot with Clay, Clayton Fedulum, we saw last year that the dolphins could be one injury away from disaster at all times. Cause of going to get on the field and he's going to play a lot of snaps. If one of these three safeties goes down,
1: Ugh. That makes me want to Um ugh. Uh, God, it, it's it, as okay of a special teamer as Clayton is. Uh, <laughs> he makes me pine for the days of Walt Aikens at safety. <laughs>
0: right. Well, Aikens was a great special teamer. Um, he was. But Fedulim, but... Fedulim was, I mean, he was fine. I mean, I, I. that's why they signed him. They didn't sign him to be a 50-snap guy at safety, but yeah. So – I look at this class, Paul, and I'm sure I'll look at it differently than you. you. I have one guy firmly at the top, somebody I would draft 18th overall um, or at least be in consideration. He's actually 10th overall on my Dolphins board that we're going to talk about, that we're going to unleash here on Monday.
1: You like Richie Um, Grant that much too?
0: No, Trevon Morig is that guy. And, you know – the difference for me with with him and the rest of the class is just straight speed, just the ability to get from point A to point B to come downhill, but also have the hips to turn and run with uh, with receivers. I see him possibly being a single high free safety. The Dolphins give that look a lot when they go with split safety. He can certainly handle that role. And in a worst case scenario, I think you would get a nickel back immediately to take over for Nick Needham. I mean, I, there's so many ways for this guy to be successful, but a real, a, to me, the he's the JC Horn of the safety class. He's an alpha personality. He has the measurable 6'2", 210, 33 bench press reps, which is just incredible strength there at the safety spot. So I know that, I know you, you've you got Richie Grant there as, as your top safety, unless things have changed here in the last couple of weeks.
1: I do, it, it's, and a lot of that for me is the potential I see at the next level Um and you know what Richie was in in the way that I think he's probably the best replacement I've seen in, in in years for what Bobby McCain's role is on this defense he's somebody that if you bring him in he can absolutely fill the Bobby McCain role move Bobby back to the nickel back, and fill it in in such an a more athletic way and he and Brandon Jones could team up perfectly for the future. Because I think Brandon Jones can do everything Eric Rowe does just better. Um, and and I think that that's going to eventually be the situation with Richie. Do I think he's going to be the first safety off the board? No. Do I think that in two years he's going to be the best safety from this class? Very likely.
0: Okay. Uh, I have – and I kind of resent you for having Richie Grant this high because I actually like Grant – And me saying that I I take him late in the second round is supposed to be a compliment, but on this show it's going to seem like an insult.
1: (laughs) And and to be fair, Kat, it's halfway through the season this past year, Richie Grant was a projected fifth or sixth round prospect. I mean, I know we've been talking about him on the show for a year now, uh, but he was projected to be a fifth or sixth round prospect. So the fact that you've got him that high – it is a compliment, even though I know I'm higher than on him at the moment, um, and I'm, I'm I'm only pissed that other people caught on. To be honest with you, because I I would have loved. I mean, the value of stealing somebody like that in the fifth round would have been tremendous.
0: Yeah, and he was. I mean, six months ago when we we're talking, because I think a lot of people didn't expect him to test out great athletically. He also did had a great week during the Senior Bowl. And, I mean, he was the best safety there right in front of Brian Flores. So that's going to be interesting to see if that factors into any decision-making here. And the, my thing with Richie Grant's this is that I think in this defense, you're right. He, If Bobby McCain is rangy enough to be the free safety in this defense, then Richie Grant is too. Even though he's not straight fast, like Trevon Morrig is. Um, my question with him is, would he just be an okay free safety? Uh, and I think that's where we may we may differ. Um, and, and at strong safety coming down in the box, he's a good tackler. He's not a great tackler, and he misses some. Um, and as a nickelback in the slot, would he be fast enough to, to turn and run with slot receivers? That, so he's kind of in that middle area with me at free safety, strong safety, and nickelback. That's why I've got him really my second – through fifth safeties are very very close. I I would be okay with any of the uh, of the next four after Morig at 50 but would prefer them probably at 81.
1: No, and I, I'm I'm good with that. I mean, I get it and I I think Richie is going to be a stud, but like we like you just alluded to, I think given the defense that Miami runs and Brian Flores runs, I think one of his best chances to ball out is playing for Flores. And Uh, To to go back to something else you just said, Brian Flores did get that up-close look at him at the Senior Bowl, and they didn't run the full-blown positionless defense with these guys that Flores and and Boyer want to run in Miami. So Flores probably got a better look at his capability for this defense than a lot of other folks would have gotten and some of the special things that he can do that they just didn't have time to do trying to get everybody playing time at the Senior Bowl.
0: Right. And he does have great versatility, especially with all the different schemes he've played Uh, to quote the, the draft network here, uh, Richie grant played deep, single high safety split zones, man coverage from the slot and occasionally as a box safety. So he's played in a lot of different roles. He has 10 interceptions over the last three years. So he makes a lot of plays on the football too. And ran a six, seven, eight, three cone and anything under, about six, nine for a safety, especially one that's six foot, 200 pounds. You're really good because it measures that change of direction. So he's agile as well in a short area. So yeah, I, I could see him very likely being on the dolphins radar. Uh, Another guy that's talked about here as, as one of the top guys too is Javon Holland from Oregon. He opted out of the 2020 season, but was a huge playmaker before that. In 2018 and 2019, in those two years, he had nine interceptions. So he can play kind of, you know, versatility is the the name of the game with really these top five safeties. Holland can, he can play single high safety, may not quite have the range for that. Uh, And then he can also come down in the box as well as play that slot cornerback position. So yeah, Holland is, you know, my one thing with Holland is, other than the box score stats, does he really jump out in one area? And I'm not quite sure that he does. That's why I've got him in that late second, early third round range, as opposed to maybe a first rounder. The
1: the only area I think he jumps out in is, I do think he's above average in run defense. Um, it, it's the way he can fly up into the box and, and, and make some tackles. Um, and then, you know, he, he's got a lot of special teams experience too. So he'd be able to contribute right off the rip. And absolutely be able to, you know, send Fedulim, uh packing right away, which is, yeah. is, I, I love. Uh-huh. And
0: that's, that's a, yeah, because you've got to assume even the fourth safety in this defense is going to see snaps on defense at some point during the season. Okay. And it gives you, it gives you the flexibility with these guys we talked about, Richie Grant, Javon Holland. We'll get to Jamar Johnson here in a second. Trevon Morig, their ability to play in the nickel gives them a lot of opportunities to get on the field, even if nobody does get hurt in the secondary. So yeah. Holland is a good run defender too. I, I absolutely, because he he plays in that box a lot there. Uh, Jamar Johnson from Indiana is somebody who's really gotten on everybody's radar over the last really four to six weeks. It's been kind of interesting because I'm, I'm surprised he didn't get on people's radar back in November when he played Justin Fields, when Indiana played Ohio State. Justin Fields came into that game in his college career with 56 touchdowns and three interceptions. Jamar Johnson picked him off twice in that game. One of them, uh, he was at a single high safety look, sniffed the receiver in the slot, and cut over and cut off the pass for an interception. So he he's very good at reading the quarterback's eyes. At six foot and 205 pounds, he moves a lot better than his listed weight. he can flip his hips too he can turn and run he can play down in the slot as well i mean it seems like we're you know on, on repeat here saying all these things here but it's true with these guys my only problem with him is he doesn't tackle like he's six foot 205 pounds yeah. so that that's you know that that's a little bit of my problem with him
1: yeah and, and if if i were to look at a safe a big safety that can tackle like a monster and, and might be able to do some fun things that way I'd probably be looking at divine Diablo out of Virginia Tech I, I can't understand why this guy is as low as he is after watching his tape um, he could really come into to a lot of these defenses at the NFL level and play that tweener role I know we hear a lot of linebackers that people talk about for that tweener role but Diablo's 63 230 pounds run with 4-4 speed and a fantastic tackler, a fantastic player coming downhill. And so he could really be that guy that lines up in the box, be that guy that lines up at safety, and and you could move around the field, and he's going to be able to hold up against some of those blockers given his size. Uh, I mean, he's got linebacker size at safety, but he's got s- cornerback speed. Um, so there's a lot you could do with a guy like that.
0: Yeah, Diablo is, you know, if, if we're talking about the Dolphins defense being so similar to, you know, what the Patriots have done over the last 10 or 15 years. You look at the Patriots first pick of their last, last draft, they traded down several times. And their first pick was Kyle Duggar yeah. from a uh, Lenore Ryan, uh, Lenore Rhine college.
1: Who so we loved on the show, what's that? Who we loved on the show. Duggar well in advance of that draft.
0: Oh, oh, gotcha. I, I thought you meant we loved him in that he messed up for the Patriots. I was thinking he had a pretty good year for the Patriots. Oh, no, yeah, you're, no.
1: leading up to the draft. We, yeah, We were talking about him and Jeremy Chin long before uh, people were like, who's this guy that went in the second round?
0: Yeah, those small school guys. But stylistically, Diablo, 6'3", 226 pounds, ran a four four three. great athlete. And I actually read an article, I can't remember who was by, a couple of days ago that Diablo has been – really looked at exclusively at linebacker for a lot of these teams, but yeah, I mean, in, in a positionless type defense, yeah, he can, he can occasionally see some looks at safety. That's replayed at Virginia tech. He's probably going to be looked at by most teams, probably including the dolphins at linebacker. So kind of in that third, fourth round area, Um, the guy I'm most high on here and way, way higher than everybody else is James Wiggins from Cincinnati. And, he, this is somebody he tore his ACL in 2019 came back in 2020 and it was still rounding into form, but this is an explosive player and same size as the other guys really six foot 205 pounds. Uh, and, and also started to show he was getting that physicality back by running a 44140, 140 22 bench reps, 39 vert somebody that's really a modern day safety as long as he can stay healthy and and unlike some of the other players we've talked about here um or excuse me unlike some of the other safeties kind of deeper in this class i think wiggins has outstanding ball skills too in that you know somewhere either 50 or 81 i would even be comfortable taking him as high as 50. that and a lot of people disagree with that too he's kind of in that mid-round area where he could go anywhere but i i love james wiggins
1: yeah, and 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 don't get me wrong. I, one thing I, I'm going to go back to Di- Divine Diablo that I did not touch on is is he's got really good ball skills as well. Uh, I think he had, not to add to his 55 tackles he had, he had I think four interceptions, eight passes defensed, um, a forced fumble or two. I mean it, it's, and that's one of the things I really like. And and one of the guys that I want to touch on as well. And this is the weirdest story I've heard coming out of this whole. COVID-influenced draft process. Um, So, Illinois State's Christian Uphoff, uh, they had their pro pro day at Illinois State, and by all reports, especially from Tony Pauline, um, the Illinois State coaches were really pissed off at a handful of players that decided to forego the spring season to prepare themselves for the NFL draft, and... Despite the fact that there was indoor facilities available despite the fact that it was freezing rain that day um, Etc. They forced the players to work out outside uh, in the middle of of, you know after um, Uphoff worked out in the middle of their quarterback workout with half the script still left for the throws on the table They just cut off the workout right then and there, gave no explanation to NFL scouts. They basically acted like a bunch of children that these guys didn't opt into the spring season and instead went for the NFL draft. And it, it's, you know, the guy still ran a four six three in the freezing rain outdoors on grass. Um, and, and by all reports since then, he, he's running that 4-4 or mid four fours. And And really, a lot of teams are higher on his positional work then than you know his draft position or draft prospect um ranking w- would indicate so he's another guy I would keep an eye out for and he was a leader for that defense which we all know is a huge thing for Flores and Greer
0: right up off yeah he's an interesting player and with these with no combine in these pro days it's when you we've talked we talk about 40 time a lot on here but it's got to make sense too I mean it seems like everybody ran a 439 at their pro yeah. day. I've
1: yeah. never seen this many 43s in my life.
0: Paul's grandmother, Gladys Pickin, ran a 439.
1: Yes, she did. And she was six foot six, 475 pounds, and moved like Barry Sanders. Oh,
0: so oily hips, too. Yeah. Uh, Very fluid. <laughs> um,
1: By the way, yeah. happy birthday, Eudotus, in our chat.
0: Happy birthday, Eudotus. Uh, what is it? April 24th.
1: Yes. The, the, the 24th iteration of April fool's day.
0: Gotcha. Uh, yeah. It's, it seemed like that kind of month. Um, and in the chat too, I noticed uh, Ignatius cheese mentioned uh, Malik hooker uh, as well. And I, he's somebody I would, I, you know, we were talking about him in free agency as somebody who I think will be a bargain for somebody and a great risk. I wonder if he's a little bit more hurt than we think, because that's the only explanation for why he's out there. But I, I hope he, I would hope the dolphins look at him, especially if they don't draft a safety here. Um, I I think he has outstanding ball skills and and I don't think he lost them from Ohio state Um, continuing along here with, with the safety class after those top five guys I have, you know, Morig uh, and then the, the group of four with, with Wiggins, Holland, Jamar Johnson, Richie grant after that, I it's, It's a huge drop off for me, Uh, you know, down into players I would be interested in in probably the fourth or fifth round. The best of that group for me is Tyree Gillespie from Missouri, somebody that I'm actually further down on a lot of Mizzou players, even though I'm a fan of Mizzou. Um, But I I saw him play deep safety a lot at Mizzou, did not have an interception at Mizzou because he played so far off the football that he was rarely in position. And I think he was always thought of as a guy that – you know, he's going to be a good backup. He's going to run a four six, four six five. We're 4 a four three eight. And he's a very good tackler too. I think when you get him closer to the line of scrimmage in the pros, he he's gonna he's gonna be good value for somebody there and kind of in the fourth or fifth round. So I'm a big fan of his. Um Hamza Nasril Dean from Florida State, he's somebody that we've been talking about for a while here, really for a couple of years now. And if you can get over that. Let me take a step back. When you see Nigel Dean get off the bus, you think he's Derwin James. And then you watch him play and he's not, you know. And I think people hold that against him a lot that he looks like he's going to be this unbelievable athlete uh, on the football field. And he's not. He is what he is. He's 6'3, 215. He can be that linebacker, safety hybrid. He's a really good tackler, smart player. But I think he's getting dogged a lot in this draft process here. Somebody in the third, fourth round, I think will be a good value too.
1: Yeah, and he was he was projected a heck of a lot higher when the season ended. Um, he, he's he's slid for really not a huge amount of reason. Um, one thing I want to touch on real quick is um, Randy Freeman in our chat was asking about our thoughts on moving Coromoa to safety. And I, I know we touched on it briefly the other day. I'd be a big fan of it. I, I love his physical tools. And we all know that, that Flores does enjoy moving corners to safety.
0: Yeah, and already I mean the comparisons that I've seen by Lance Zerline and Dane Brugler and the draft network can't remember who said what but Derwin James was one and Jamal Adams was the other and yeah I think at 6'1 221 I'm I wanted to see what he would run in the 40 but he didn't run that at least to my knowledge he hasn't Uh, He's an, he has unbelievable speed to get from one place to another. And he's an unbelievable blitzer too. And somebody like that may be needed on this Dolphins defense. If we're going to beat the bills, because he can track down Josh Allen in the open field. And he can also blitz as a linebacker safety, whatever you want to call him as well. because the Dolphins are going to need that unless they get an elite edge rusher somewhere in the draft, which I don't see happening.
1: Yeah. And, I'm, I'm going to jump in on a couple of guys here And, and just, just rattle them off real quick uh, Jamie and Sherwood um, Let's see Richard LeCount Paris Ford Tariq Thompson They ran tremendously good 40 times If they play defensive tackle um, They don't They play a, a position that's defined by Having at least some speed And, and, and for that reason alone I'm out Absolutely out.
0: I'm so proud of you, Paul, because I am I've got notes here. Paris Ford, Richard Lecount, Jamie and Sherwood, Tariq Thompson. All four seven five or slower. Out. That's it. So we are certainly on the same page there. I it's a shame with LeCount because he, he was
1: I a liked good player. him a lot last year.
0: But wow. yeah, and 5.11, 195, 483. I mean, Chris, I mean, Rashawn Slater ran a four eight eight. I mean, you just can't. In today's NFL, you just can't cover. If
1: I'm looking at your 40 time and you play safety and I'm going, "Mm, I might be able to do that, there's a problem.
0: Yeah. Simple as that. Paris Ford uh, opted out of 2020 and ran a 4-9. That's a bigger problem.
1: Well, his COVID-15, you know.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Um, A a few other players – I'm not going to necessarily say I'm out on, but I would have in this type of defense projected way, way lower. Like Andre Cisco, it's a shame that he tore his ACL this past year. He is a f- such a, a interesting, fun player to watch because he is a missile and he's big and he makes plays. This guy had 13 interceptions in 24 games in college at Syracuse. Incredible playmaking ability, but for – every interception he had he probably missed two other plays and in this defense you can't have somebody as the last line of defense who is that downhill missile who's either going to who's either going to make the play for every play that he makes he's going to let up three more it, it, this defense doesn't work that way so he he could go in the second round. He could go in the sixth round, depending on how people view that injury and the risk-reward of what he brings when he's on the field. Uh Caden Stearns, I wasn't impressed by either. This is Brandon Jones's teammate at, at Texas. Great workout numbers: 4, 4, 40, 42-inch vert, but he doesn't play to it, and he's got some good range for the free safety spot, but not good coverage skills. You know, PFF. Gave him a man coverage grade of 54.6, which is really, really bad, even in the pros. So lots of missteps in coverage I see. I'm, I'm just not a fan. Uh, Darius Washington, he's an instinctive player. I think he'll be a, a good pick for somebody kind of in midday three in the fifth, sixth round. But 5'8", Buck 75, 4'6", he's just going to get outrun by a lot of people. So I I, I don't see him going very high. Um and uh hufanga from usc
1: yes love hufanga no I would be all I would over say. him it's
0: i, I, w- I would i would but but I'm, I'm gonna let you have that first because i've been rambling on for a while
1: no 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 i i i mean 62 tackles three sacks two forced fumbles one pass broken up four interceptions it, it, he just had a monster year in a year that a lot not a lot of people had a monster year and, and outside of that i mean yes he runs a four six but I think Flores could find so many fun roles for a player that can create turnovers and tackles well and, with good size in this defense. I think there's a lot of things that they could do here. And he's right at the, the lower end of some of these guys that I look at as possible tweeners in this positionless defense that could be a lot of fun to watch. Plus, I, 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 I'm not going to lie, I'd enjoy yelling Hufanga every time he made a tackle.
0: I can certainly see what you're saying there because, I mean, he had a great year. I mean mm-hmm. it was only one year, but if, if I'm gonna go down that road, you could take fifty players off the board in this draft.
1: Exactly. And then you move fifty up that had a good junior year. You know, like uh,
0: Exactly, exactly. And yeah, the he had a great year. My my concern with him is the Bob Sanders syndrome. Where if you y'all you remember Bob Sanders from the Colts, he was a phenomenal player at, at safety, but he won defensive player of the year in two thousand six in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think that was the only year he was healthy in the yeah. pros for the Chargers and the Colts. And the reason for it is that to maintain the playing style that Bob Sanders had, he had to be physical, and he had to be physical at how, however big he was five eight 190 pounds. Hufanga is bigger than that, but he plays a reckless, throw your body around style of football that works. It, it works for it, to me. It works for a year and he's had some injury problems in college and i think by throwing his body around that much it's a hard bet that he's going to stay healthy but when you start looking in the fourth or fifth round which is where he may fall you may say okay well here we are at pick 156 and he's still somehow on the board he'll probably go higher but say he's still on the board okay that's a resource we could put on the field and if he gets hurt he gets hurt
1: yeah and and I'm glad you brought up the Bob Sanders comparison because I, I want to go back to that. Yes, he he did win Defensive Player of the Year, but if you remember, and I know you do, that Colts defense, I've never seen a defense transformed from one end of the spectrum to the other in the NFL based upon a play one player's availability. When Bob Sanders was on the field, that Colts defense was almost lights out when Bob Sanders was hurt that Colts defense you know looked like a a defense that should go along with the line that's so Browns um it it just they went they went from you know the Cowboys to the Bad News Bears um and it, it it says a lot for a player like that that the one player could transform a defense so so immensely
0: yeah I'm with you on that. And they've they've got to get more depth here at safety uh, and you know somebody that gives them the flexibility in the future if they want to move on for Rowan McCain because you're not and look, we love Rowan McCain, but you're you're not drafting necessarily for this year. I mean, the draft is not an extension of free agency. You're drafting for the future, too. So, you know somebody if somebody has to you know simmer and slow cook here for two years at the safety spot then that's not necessarily a bad thing um so other other late round guys that are that are pretty interesting here as well uh tyler Coyle from purdue six foot 210 pounds runs a 436 just based on skills on physical traits alone you can draft him in the late rounds and him but he'll possibly be a, a special teamer for you there at first. Same goes for Sean Davis from Florida, someone who I always wanted to like more. He never quite put it together, but still has the measurables. 5'11", 202, 444. Um doesn't turn and run real well, though. Uh that that's my only issue with him. Trill Williams from Syracuse. Um, he's, you know, kind of like Andre Cisco. He is a unrefined, physically talented player. He's 6'2", 210, played some cornerback, played some safety. That could be attractive here for Brian Flores and and Chris Greer here in the draft, too. So, yeah, not a lot that I like on on day three other than that, though, Paul.
1: Yeah, and and one guy I want to touch on that Miami could take in the second round or third round if he slides that I think we've talked about his brother. We had him on the show uh, a couple years ago. Um, I know Obi was a safety that we all liked a little bit better at corner, I think his brother, if he's a corner, that we'd all like a little bit better at safety. Um, I, I don't know what it is with these college coaches having the Melifonwu brothers out of their natural positions, but if he, I think, would be a fun safety to watch. He'd need to learn the position and possibly sit behind some folks for a year, which is the ideal scenario anyway for where we're at. Um, but he is such a physical specimen and and, and a tremendous tackler who can turn his hips and run with the best of the tight ends, in my opinion, um, that he may be worth an investment as well if you miss on some of these top-end safeties and you're not as sold on some of these these deep cuts that we've talked about.
0: Yeah, if you were to draft him, he would certainly have the range and the size to play play safety. He didn't tackle well at Syracuse, and you're going to have to basically teach him to do that. I wonder if Floris would have the patience for that. But in the middle rounds, that's the type of you know project you're looking for. You know, you're not looking for a – if the guy were a great tackler and were J.C. Horn at, at, at the line of scrimmage, then you'd be talking about him as a first-round pick, not not a third or fourth-round pick. So, Paul, we've gone through a lot of guys again here at the safety spot. Anything else jump out from, from your chat there?
1: Um, I think everybody's in on pits at this point for for number six. Uh, I've seen a lot of that in the chat. Um, No, I mean – and, folks, I know a lot of you guys asked about – um, some of the corners that that could play the uh the safety spot i know we touched on a couple here but in reality i mean we, we did talk about a lot of those in our our cornerback show uh the other night so it's if you want to get a deep cut on that definitely take a listen to that and make sure you guys hit that like button
0: yeah we uh we really appreciate you guys being with us here during draft season it's been and- it's been a lot of fun and we're not done yet and the next week is going to be Pretty crazy, especially our draft party here on day one of the draft. We're going to be with you. Uh, well, I'm going to put the baby down, and then so I might join you at pick two. But
1: Jesus, you up. put the baby down. Just put him to sleep. He's adorable. God, <laughs> sick of him already.
0: I appreciate <laughs> it. My uh, my mother in law, God bless her, is is coming into town too to see the baby and also help out uh, as as well that that weekend. She's a
1: uh, cries she's too much. Awesome. Put him down. But, uh, <laughs>
0: But it's it's going to be a fun weekend, that's for sure. I'm um, with with everybody here, as well as as the draft going on. We hope you all can join us too. So, but before we we sign off here, Paul, let's let's touch on that a little bit in, in the chat um, with what's been going on lately here too. I I I'm very convinced Jamar Chase will go five to the Bengals. Yeah. Um, and the question is, do the Falcons pull the trigger on Pitts at four, or I don't know, and that's. Uh, because right now, the way it looks like is it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, one, Zach Wilson, two, 49ers are going to go quarterback, whoever that is, at three, then four. I really hope the Falcons take a quarterback or trade down. If it is Pitts, let's let's put Pitts at four for right now. Jamar Chase at five. Now, what do you do? Do you stay at six and do you take Devonte Smith or Jalen Waddle
1: or them um, like, all over myself? I mean, it's – no, I, I I would probably look to trade back a little bit and and w- have Parsons firmly in my sights um, or one of the wide receivers. Uh, for, and for me, if I've got four players firmly – or three players firmly in my sights to jump from six to nine with, say, the Broncos, it's a no-brainer for me at that point. Add some, some value um, either in this draft or down the road or both and – you know, get one of those mid-round picks where you can add at some of these other positions we need with some of these players we love that we've touched on already or, or, or are going to touch on in our, our next couple shows. Yeah uh, it, it's, it's absolutely a trade-down scenario for me at that point because you've got three or four guys on your board that you've got fairly equal and, and that you think could impact the team in the same way. Why wouldn't you do that?
0: Right. And, you know, who's being talked about is uh, George Patan, for the uh, the general manager for the Broncos, uh, talking a lot with Chris Greer, according to reports, and maybe, you know they're, um, you know uh, whether that's about a trade down or not is is you know it's, it's it's hard to sniff out at this point. But yeah, if if the top five go like that, three quarterbacks at the top, then Pitts, then Jamar Chase, yeah, I, I would just I would be underwhelmed if they t- stood at, stayed at six and took Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle. I wouldn't be irate, but I just be I would have just thought you could have done more with that pick. You know, but if you fall back, let's say from six to nine, and you get another second round pick, and say, okay, you turn the third pick into Devonta Smith, a, a first rounder, a second rounder, and a third rounder, I still think that's good. So yeah. that, but yeah, I'm with I'm with everybody in the chat. My hope is that the Dolphins stay at six, and either Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts fall to them.
1: Yeah, no, I'm 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 absolutely there as well, and I'm more in the Kyle Pitts chant camp as we all know just because of the the transformative effort or the transformative aspect that I see for Miami's offense going in, into this season with the two dominant tight ends um, and then it, it, and I also see outside of pits at the other pass catching, catching positions there are guys in the third round that I don't have a huge leaps and bounds behind some of these first-round receivers, and and that's a huge thing for me at a position like that, to use. I won't say waste, but to use the six overall pick on players that I think you're not going to see a huge step down, um, especially in the long term. Grabbing some of these guys later on, um, it, it's one of the deepest positions in this draft at wide receiver.
0: And it's been a it's been a position that in the second or third round over recent years has had a lot of success immediately. I mean, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, a host of other guys that, that and, and it could be the same thing here this year. So that's going to do it here for our breakdown of the safety position. Be sure to join us here tomorrow evening, right around 730 Central PM time, not AM PM, where we talk about a very, very deep edge class. And, you know, it's it's one of the more fascinating classes I've seen. Uh, over the last few years. So be sure to do that and also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets. I'm Brian Cat, NFL, Paul is fanatic underscore pick. We're also the provider here for the Fin Fanatic network as well as the Fan Sided Network too. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side.
1: Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals?